You're listening to the Rebel Scum Podcast. You are always scum. Rebel Scum. From odds making to list rankings, we've got you covered. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. April on the calendar is Jana. <laughs> she was listening, living in isolation on Kef Burr uh, for quite some time with her. I guess they weren't really isolated. <laughs> they were on Kef Burr hiding, isolating themselves, quarantining themselves from the First Order. I'm James. That's Brock. Hi. Hi. We're just going to get right is into that what it. What it's called? Kef Burr? Kef Burr. The and also, why is it Jana January? Uh, I think Ray was January. I don't know. You're a good point. Jana June? January. She's Ray. April, and it says the galaxy needs more rebels on her on her thing. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Last year's Star Wars calendar, I preferred. It had this one is like April, like English and French. And now it just looks like it's saying Avril Lavigne to me every day I look at it. <laughs> scumbags hello what's up you know just uh love and life live in the isolation world i was talking to yeah. our uh our friend brett before going on here he did work on the invisible man horror movie cool. on the reshoots uh because he's doing the handmaid's tale and uh so he was asked to join the reshoots of the invisible man based on that Knowledge <laughs> has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> 165 cool. episodes. It's just, uh, it's, uh, I've just been thinking a lot about how Star Wars has helped a lot of people during isolation at this time. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people are at home right now, and I talk to your roommate Daryl all the time, and he mentions how bored he is. <laughs> and I was like, but if you like Star Wars, you would have so like endless amount of content. You were just watching the Freemaker adventures you mentioned. Um, there's, yeah. there's just so much content, like Star Wars content out there. Uh, so thank you to Lucasfilm and Disney. You never knew it, but the world needs you right now. <laughs> and uh, this is your time to shine. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched any more Freemakers adventures since we last uh, talked? No. I've been catching up on other sh- like nine Disney Plus things. Uh, it's fun to watch uh, Last Week Tonight uh, with John Oliver starting from the beginning of the season where it's just like slowly the coronavirus stuff creeps up and you're like, yeah. <laughs> like watching the coronavirus in chronological order take over yeah. late night TV. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, these, these, uh, live streams every day, I'm like running out of things to talk about well, on Star Wars. Of, we're doing a lot of trivia. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's not a lot of Star Wars content dropping and I guess it makes sense. What are they going to drop? Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, they're not really working on anything. Okay. The Obi-Wan series has another writer come on board, but I didn't find that big enough news. To, it might be on your hollow news. I'm not sure, but it, it's not like a topic. Let's dive deep into this. It's like I'm so sick of hearing about Obi Wan writers at this point. It's like just write the show and yeah. make it. I, I'm done talking about it until I see it. 
Uh, Clone Wars is coming to an end on May 4th, as is a new show starting on on Disney Plus about the behind the scenes of Mandalorian. It seems like it's going to be a series. Uh, so it's going to be weekly, fri- uh, weeklies, weekly, every week <laughs> the show, we're going to get to see a little bit behind the scenes. But it seems like it's going to be an ongoing series even beyond Mandalorian. That's what it mm. sounds like. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Just I, I can't remember what the show's called. I don't have it in front of me right now. But it seems like something that they're they're not going to make Mandalorian specific. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're leaving the door open in case they're like, well, we could do a High School Musical, the musical version of this, or you know, Mandalorian season two, Obi Wan, things like that. So they're going to leave the door open, which I think is completely smart. Uh yeah. I thought it was going to come out all as one like series, but I like that. Like, why not stagger it? Gives us something nice to look at every week. Um, but you're, you're thinking that it's an it'll be like a series. That's that's smart. Like, because they're continuously making stuff. So just put a whatever, but brand it as one thing. I like that idea. So it's called Disney is that Gallery. Confirmed, or you just is that what you're getting from uh, what you've read? From what it's called Disney Gallery. Why wouldn't they just call it Mandalorian Behind the Scenes? Mm. So it's called Disney Gallery, which tells me. Which is cool, man, because this is like, you know, when you buy a DVD, when, when I got The Rise of Skywalker, I watched the legacy of the Skywalker uh, behind mm-hmm. the scenes documentary, two hour documentary right away. Right. I was like, I got to watch this. This is what this is, but it's a series in serial form. And I watched some of the um, Imagineers, Imagination, whatever it's called, that series there where they talk about creating di- the parks and the mm-hmm. rides and stuff at Disney. And I love that. I love this kind of stuff. I think it's great. And I yeah. look, I'd love to see it for the Mandalorian. Uh, I haven't watched High School Musical, the musical, uh, but I'm sure fans of that, nah, they might be a different demographic. But there are going to be shows that are coming up. You know, obviously, Mandalorian season two, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be more happening on there where you're like, I wouldn't mind seeing some of how this got made. And when they yeah. position themselves with this, this is season one of the galleries, the Mandalorian. Season two is this show. Uh, I just think that's a great move. Yeah, no, I I agree, especially like the Marvel stuff. Like, yeah, exa- yeah, Marvel, yes. Because it's those shows specifically. Like, there's so many little intricacies put into it. Not that regular ones, like High School Musical, is interesting. I'm sure, but like, it's just run of the mill clothing. So, it's, so like, <laughs> you could spend, or it's just you know, maybe I mean, prove me wrong. Maybe there is a way to make that interesting. But yeah, it just the art concept art and like just ideas about how they create things is always more interesting when it's like costumes and stuff yes, like that absolutely. like where it's elaborate so yeah like no i'm like that's really exciting like it's so smart too but uh i think we were talking about it on the live stream at one point this week where it was just like was this supposed to come out mm-hmm. when they've announced or was it supposed to come out later i don't know like there does seem to be a gap of like when Clone Wars will end to when Mandalorian will start. And especially if you're saying that it'll be a weekly series, like that just, that just fills in. It's like, at least there's some new star Wars content at all times. So it's eight weeks. Hmm. Nice. Which come back. Has that been renewed? The which resistance? No, that's done. That is series finale. There was only two seasons. Second season, it, when it ends, oh, it ends. Right. Have you watched the ending of that yet? Yeah, it just sort of ends. <laughs> oh, really? 
Uh, well, it's over. That is done. Uh, there's rumors right now on, we'll talk about this maybe in the next week or so, the supposed, the rumored Rebels show. Uh, there's a sequel to Rebels show. I think it's the Ooh. Ahsoka Sabine show. Yeah. Which has me curious with Ahsoka on Mandalorian. Because well, what like is, is her a Mandalorian before? Like, because we don't really know the timing exactly of when she meets up with Sabine. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because re- when rewatching that episode, it's sort of vague. Mm-hmm. Smart. When what that time period is, right? Yeah. Uh, and I kudos to them making it vague because this is a uh, new Star Wars and you don't know when anything is supposed to happen yeah. anymore. Anything, you know, they. And look, we talked about it last week. I know people were debating it and whatnot, but I, I find with canon is you still have like have your outline, your baseline, but you have to give people freedom to tell their stories also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think w- watching it, we need to just relax ourselves high, immensely. And so I think just leaving things vague like that is a really smart. So what do you think? If Ahsoka is in season two of The Mando, is this before she's met up with Sabine, or is this as a lot of people are predicting after, and they're bringing Baby Yoda to Ahsoka? That's hard to say. I mean, well, we know roughly. We just don't know when she meets up with with Sabine. That's uh-huh. the unknown. Like everything else, we're like, yeah, this is happening here and there. Um. When does Rebels end? Like, not the final scene, but, like, when they have the battle where, spoilers, uh, Ezra and Thrawn go into, like, hyperspace whales. Like I want to say a year, that... a year before New Hope-ish. Okay, yeah. So, like, there's still, like, a good, like, eight or nine, ten year or whatever New Hope is from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Although this is called 10, right? Like, it's like, that's a good decade. Which, again, it's not, that's not a huge deal. Hmm. I think if they're smart, they would keep it before. Because now that, like, she's been yanked out of, like, out of time... Like the last time you see her is when Ezra pulls her out of the like the battle with Vader. And then we don't see her again until she's in the white cloak. So it's like there's a lot of things have to have happened. She's she herself seems to have changed. So it's like there's a lot you can do with that. I like the the concept of her being like a mystic or something like that. So that could definitely work in Mandalorian if like she gives them information about who exactly baby Yoda is, but that still can occur prior to rebels. And then you just drop a nice little Easter egg. It's like, I have to go see a friend about a, a boy or something. <laughs> <Which is so laughs> like, but like, you just drop that in and you're like, Oh, that's nice. I think baby Yoda, as much as we all love baby Yoda, I'm nervous about the more time we spend with him and the more the show becomes about Baby Yoda, what that's going to do. Because he's like the novelty of Baby Yoda is what made him so adorable and predictable, right? They didn't overuse him whatsoever in season one. It's like yeah. the very first episode, you see him briefly. Second episode uses the force, saves Mando. You're like, oh, they have a relationship. 
third season, he's mostly hidden through most of the episode. It's about getting him back. The episode with Bill Burr, they hide him on the show. You know what I mean? Like, he's never really at the forefront until he needs to be, like, in the last episode and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, now, like, I, I don't know. You just think about it. It's like, if they return him to... If Ahsoka gets her hands on Baby Yoda, and I say Baby Yoda, and people will get mad because it's the child or the asset, but I'm going with Baby yep. Yoda uh, because I don't care. <laughs> that's, that's what the internet is calling yeah. it. <laughs> I know. I saw people getting mad about the Baby Yoda name. It's not Baby Yoda. I don't care. I know he's not Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah. We're aware. <laughs> but but uh, this species doesn't have a name, and I'm calling him Baby Yoda. Yeah. I just... It just the, if Ahsoka got her hands on Baby Yoda, inevitably we're gonna have to learn more about him. She's gonna have to have some kind of explanation to something, uh, even if it's unless it's only like I've never seen something like this before. And then it's like, okay, how far is too far? And the one thing that you know, I respect the hell out of John Favreau for picking the Yoda species because we know nothing about it. But if we start to learn anything about it, then it becomes less special in a lot of ways not that yoda was ever very special it was more like he's a yoda and there are more of them in the galaxy we just haven't gotten that yeah but i just there's some things are definitely better left unsaid to me and i i mm. do i do fear if he if they return baby yoda if anything comes up with more or you know we go to yoda's planet or whatever i just feel like it's going to be too much and it's not going to feel right mm-hmm I guess the question is, like, what is the Mandalorian about? You know what I mean? Like, it's, I mean, we can, I, I feel like that's still a little unclear. I mean, we can say the season one is about this journey goes on, which is enough. Like, but what happens next? Because, like, what is the looming, like, the looming menace right now is Moff Gideon, mm. who we know almost nothing about outside of that there is a some somewhat of a connection to the mandalorian um but everything you've kind of built is kind of either destroyed or the mandalorian leaves behind you know what i mean like he's off he goes off with baby yoda blah 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 which is very interesting and i think that a season on that can survive i mean already did technically but like you have this setup with like uh cardoon and and uh, grief. Uh, what's what's uh, Carl Weathers last name? Garga, the, the grief Carga. And it's like he sets up this all these new these characters like oh he, he's gonna interact and like he's this team but then the team goes away and then his group of Mandalorians are are all like murdered. <laughs> he's alone again. So it's like I guess now he's looking for. Like meaning by perhaps save, like returning Baby Yoda to somewhere safe. I don't know. There's so much the unknown, which is fine. That's just, I think that's what I love about the show. So uh, it's a good question. I think it's something we have to reevaluate when we get like a synopsis or watch a few episodes of The Mandalorian, where you're like, yeah, do we need to know this much about Baby Yoda? I I I remember watching that first episode. I was like, I don't know if I need. <laughs> To know about Yoda, and we still don't know anything. That was the genius I thought of the first season was yeah. is they built this character where you know even less than you did before, but yeah. it still felt like I knew enough about Baby Yoda to not need to know more. 
And I just worry yeah. the longer the show goes and the longer the show is about Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian that they're going to have to start to tell us more. Like, mm-hmm. the, the one saving grace, I guess, is this show is going to run four seasons, Bob Iger announced uh, in the summer, I believe. So it goes four seasons. That'll bring Baby Yoda to 54 years old if it's mm-hmm. if, if each season is a year. It might not be. So that means, and I know you love it, but that means Baby Yoda never has to speak. Because why would yeah. a 54 year old versus a 50 year old speak? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, maybe he learns to speak. You get a couple words, but it's full sentences. So I don't think they have to ever worry about do all of Yoda's talk like Yoda. Um, mm. They don't have. I mean, I, I, maybe they do, but then it becomes less special again, right? The more you, the more you start to dive into these things. For me, it's a, and I know it's a, it's a weird small gripe, but Yoda is so powerful in Empire Strikes Back. Um, that even, and you know, I love the prequels, but I think even the prequels start to diminish a little bit of that because we hear so much of him. We see so much of Yoda that is his presence in empire with not ever meeting him before is arguably top 10 in movie history of impact. Arguably, I would say even Mm -hmm. top five. It's so impactful for this character and his speech is part of it. The mysticism around him is part of it. We don't know anything about him. It's just this green Muppet thing uh, that comes out of nowhere. And the more you start to indulge us with information, the less of an impact that has, which is selfish, sure, but it's also part of storytelling, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of... It's tough. It's, it's a hard call i would be for it if somehow it links us to high republic in some way which we hypothetically could i mean i don't want high republic to be about just yoda but he can exist in that time period so yes that i'm fine with yes so like perhaps or not even we don't even have to talk about yoda specifically we can just reference the high republic and mandalorian do i think we need to i don't know I, i'm just trying to think outside the box it was like one like this is just me being star wars fan where it's like we should all link it together but like really not everyone wants that like it's just because you're like oh by the way if you want to learn more here's a book but like some people are like i, I no it's okay i'm it's, so it's like do we want to waste time on it's always great to connect it all it but i don't know when you listen to someone not know about Clone Wars and be like, How, this doesn't make any sense because da 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 da, like, or like, you know, someone watching Solo is like, why is Darth Maul back and why is that a big deal? And they're like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, Have you had anybody know. ask you that question? Uh, I'm trying to think. Most of the people I know that have talked to me about Solo vaguely know about the Clone Wars in some way. But I've heard uh, people on podcasts talk about it where it's like, why is this important? <laughs> why is Darth Maul back? He got chopped in half. He's like, well, and you're like, yeah, why is... <laughs> See, I, 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 so I know a few people that didn't know about him coming back, but their reactions were very different. I think it's the way you look at movies, right? They look at it like, oh, how did, how did he come back? Like, they're more interested. They're not going to watch The Clone Wars, and I'm not suggesting that people will, and they shouldn't have to either. But they, but they're more like, oh, I want to know. Next, tell me how he came back. 
Now that's already mm-hmm. been told, sure. But you, that's so I met quite a few people like that who haven't seen Clone Wars and they didn't know about that, and, yep. and they're they're more like, "How did he go?" Because the thing with Maul is everybody thinks he's cool. He's cool looking, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know the biggest flaw of Solo was having him at the end with no future planned out for him. Yeah, that's really I think the misstep. And I love Solo and I love Maul, but one of the mm, missteps yeah. of Solo is. You know, if you've heard the story, Ron Howard had a list of characters that could have been at the end, and he mm-hmm. called his son, and his son was like, "Gotta be Maul," and they went with Maul. But again, this goes it, back to what we were saying. Maul. We were saying this about the sequel trilogy: is why it's like they make the, the they're making movies, and I think this goes beyond Star Wars nowadays, where they don't ask why. Why do I need this movie? It's not mm. why do I need this movie. It's what, what's cool about this movie. It's like, but why are you making this movie? Why did you make this decision? Every decision made in a movie needs to be that needs to be answered why they made that decision. Why did you do that? If you watch I'm just A New Hope, every everything they do, there's a why. There's always a purpose for it. And you could argue, you know what? For most part of The Last Jedi, there's a why. And it's usually so that they could fail. Uh, but even the problem yeah. with that one is there's yeah. still no why does Snoke die in the middle? Like why, why? Because they don't have an answer, so the why is never yeah. really answered. And that's the problem with this just filmmaking as a whole nowadays for the most part is why? Why are you making this movie? Why did you, why is why is Maul there? Because he looks cool? I, I'm down with that. Yeah. But there has to be something beyond that. And to tease me at the end of the movie is fine because it's cool, but where's your gameplay? Not even a book has come out. A book, a comic, yeah. nothing has come out about that, which tells me that there was no plan. Because if there was a plan for a movie, a second movie, and they're like, we're not doing it, they would have released that novelization so fast. They would have been like, just write a book. Just hire hire yeah. uh, any, any one of your millions of amazing, talented writers over at Lucasfilm Publishing, Delray. And write that book, but nothing. So that tells me that there was no plan. They just threw him in because it was cool. Yeah, I, yeah, and like they've made stories about Han in yeah. Legends. Like there's like a, I think it's a trilogy. I, I believe I listened to it on <laughs> tape once, and it's <laughs> creepy because you kind of hear someone try to make it sound like Chewbacca didn't speak English. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, yeah. Let's see. That's the thing. It's like. There is a market to put out all this info on all these characters. It's us. Like, you, me, Andrew, Rob, all of our Patreons pretty well, I believe. I don't want to speak for them, but like... Rural Farm Boy Boy doesn't know much about Star Wars. Like, do I really need to to read the the book about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan? No, but I do. I'm almost done, and it's pretty good. I mean... Are you going to make a thing out of it? No, but like it fills in gaps and it's very interesting because you, one thing you kind of don't see in the movie is Count Dooku and Qui-Gon's yeah. relationship. And you're like, oh, wow, there's so much more to it. So, But these books uh, should yeah, just I be don't know. fun I, side mean, I think you and I can both agree right now that we will do whatever it takes to get Mandalorian on Disney Plus tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Like, it's just a fantastic show. They did really, really well. And I hope that success is going to benefit us down the road. I've watched, like, I've watched the show five times over so far. <laughs> it's only five hours. Five and a half hours. I'm like, that's doable. Yeah, I've watched <laughs> it five times now. Uh, yeah. And 
Like I said, it was funny because Andrew asked me on a live stream once. He goes, do you think you'll ever sit down and watch it all? And I said, no. And I did without even, it wasn't a like plan. In a row, yeah. Without stopping. Yeah. I think I left for one of the episodes, like for part of an episode just was like, yeah, and, but like, but I did. And I wasn't planning to, I just was like, I want to watch the egg episode. And I was like, well, I should mm. watch the first one. And I just watched it. Uh, I, I just find it very engaging, a lot of fun. And, um, eh. You know, it, I don't. I don't know if I'm out in left field, but I would argue the pseudo car chase that is the ATAT or an ATAT, the uh, sand crawler, like yeah, I guess chase. I guess you could call that because how does he the bat it? the Batman sequence the '60s Batman like, sequence that is uh, oh yeah that's true <laughs> that is like arguably I think. Definitely got to be up on the top ten for chases. I don't know. I, I know it's it's like the slowest chase ever, yeah. but it's just it's, it's so epic. It's very Batman, like high stakes, and it's 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 like a garbage truck. Yeah, it's like a it's like because how does the how does the Mandalorian catch up to it? He's walking, right? I think so. Uh, the ship, on a sp- is he on a speeder? I can't. I I, don't, I just watched five this. times. I can't remember. Yeah, anyways. And but it's, like, my, it's probably my favorite episode, too. It's like someone on a bicycle chased a garbage truck. And it is like, whoa, that was fantastic. And that's not even the best part of that episode, yeah, right? Like, when you think about it, you're just like, but it's so good. I love like, it. Uh. It's very anyways, Batman meets Indiana Jones, the whole thing. Yeah, yes, yes, that's exactly it's it. So much, it's just so much fun. And I know some people have a problem with it because it's fun. <laughs> It's like, what do you? I, I honestly, I question sometimes why people watch Star Wars. I'm like, I don't know what you think Star Wars is, but you might be watching it for the wrong reasons. It is yeah. literally when I watch the the egg episode of The Mandalorian, it's like if I was a kid, this would be my favorite show. And yeah. I know that because that's the kind of show that I mean. I think TV's changed a lot, and kids now watch you know Paw Patrol, but it's different for sure. Like I was watching Thundercats, they're watching Paw Patrol. It's very very different. But I would totally be down with that Mandalorian episode, 100%. And then the next episode is the one um, that Deborah Chow did, which is arguably the best episode in the series, arguably. Um, But then in the finale, not to spoil it, but when the armorer takes out, the armorer takes out the stormtroopers. Yeah. So good. And then Baby Yoda with the fireball and the incinerator trooper. Those are my favorite moments. And like they, they are probably in my top moments of Star Wars, if I were to think about it. I feel like watching Mandalorian for a young child, even though there was there was a part in it and I was like, ooh, that's kind of violent, but I don't know if kids would watch this, but I know for a fact that kids watch it. But like Mandalorian feels like if you were discovered as a young child without anyone showing it to you. It'd be like the experience I had when I watched the Road Warrior for the first time. Yeah, where it's so gritty and it's like not a it, ton of stuff explained. You know what I mean? Like, is that and, does it's, that and right? it's like adult, but it's it's on that cusp of yeah. It's not too like, it's not too hardcore for you, yeah. and it is gritty, and you feel like you're a you're bad a a badass child for watching. It. You're like, oh yeah, did you see that? Did you see that? He's the Rory of the road, Max. And the kid with the boomerang. By the way, I found a roommate in college. My roommate in college got me the the Mad Max action figure, like that big. Mm. I found it. 
the Kate, the plastic on the outside is all yellow now. It got all yeah. yellowed. But the <laughs> but him and the kid look amazing. I'm gonna take it out and I'll put them on display. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the Rover, I oh. love Mad Max. The the te- the if you buy the DVD, the quote on the bottom says "Apocalypse Pow." <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, I love this. Movie. Have you ever seen the first Mad Max? Yeah, it's gone off. But dubbed in American, or have you watched the Australian one? I don't know. I had it on VHS for the longest time, and I couldn't watch the whole it, thing because it's just, it's so different from the other they, two Mad Max. It's so movies. different, and they quote like the, the bad guy quotes ACDC. I don't even think it's referred to as post-apocalyptic. You're just supposed to know. But dude, but there's two versions: an Australian one and an American dubbed oh, one. Oh, that's awesome! But they they're English. They're both in English. <laughs> it's yeah, just one. They're yeah. like, "Hi, Max," and the other one's like, "Come on, Max." And you're like, what am I, why did you spend money on dubbing this? But Mel Gibson does the voice for both, so you're good. That is funny though. Like when I think of the Road Warrior, I don't really think of Australia, even though yeah. there's Australian actors. I assume it's the Australian wasteland. But you know what I mean? Like I never really think about that. Like yeah, Mel Gibson's just speaking in his normal accent, but like. Yeah, and he's barely Australian accent. Like, and like even back then, he's like, "Yeah, I'm Max. Come on, Max, we're gonna go back there, heroes." That's my that's my impression of the cop from the first Mad Max. He actually, Mel Gibson actually got his arm run over by a motorcycle in Mad Max One. <laughs> that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, I was a. Uh, I love. I love me some Mad Max. Tina Turner. Oh, Thunderdome. Yeah, which is basically the same. Weird. The same plot as Hook. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but you're like, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, an old man uh, hangs out with a bunch of kids and then they fight in Thunderdome. We don't need another. He Ming Nas returning to Mandalorian. <laughs> Fantastic. Did you hear about that? What? Ming, Sorry, I didn't hear what Ming Na returning to Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. We are, how are we not spoken? We, we are right now. <laughs> this is... Uh, Strange. I love it. ming is cool. I actually just watched a totally non-Star Wars related Mulan? show. Uh, Aquafina is Nora of Queens. Aquafina is like the comedian. She was in... Uh, what do you call it? Crazy Rich Asians. Whatever. The Ocean's 8. She's like a YouTuber that was a comedian slash rapper. And now she's, you know, making it big. But anyways, my reason for bringing it up is Ming-Na plays her aunt in one episode and I'm like, man, what a career. <laughs> you were in Star Wars and Mulan and ER. <laughs> and arguably the second greatest sitcom of all time. The, the single, single guy. guy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's what I first met her as. Like, She's the one dude's wife. Yeah, exactly. The single guy. Who was in Hollow Man. He went on to be in Hollow Man, and she went on to be in Star Wars Hollow Man. Not Invisible Man, Brock. Don't get too excited. Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon right here. Yeah. (laughs) Hollow Man. I think he was good friends Um, with uh, Craig Kilborn as well. Remember Craig Kilborn? The late show show with Craig Kilborn? Prior to... uh... Oh God! What was that dude? Craig the Ferguson. Boston. Craig Ferguson. There was a time when so there was a time when late night hosts had to be named Craig, and now it's James. If your name is James or Jim, if you're in that area, like we should have a late night show. I would rock at it. And like Craig Kilborn was the original host of the Daily Show <laughs> when it wasn't really the Daily Show. <laughs> yeah, and then it was yeah, and 
So the, and then he Dr. went over Dr. there. <laughs> he took over for oh the good old days. I heard a lot of guests that wasn't great, but he was in old school. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is, I don't know what's happening to this show. Uh, so Ming um cool because they did not give her character enough time so i mean if maul can come back from being cut in half mignaz uh shan care shan 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 character can can easily come back fennec Fennec shan Shan. yeah i i think um i still think i this is my feelings i've had this feeling since the day they announced she was in it which was very late into the game i feel like she they needed this character cast and they're like you know who would be cool Ming-Na and they're like yeah and that's why and that's why she was in it and she's yeah. like and you know she's like yeah I'll do it yeah. right like she seems cool and she's like yeah Star Wars I'm in she's like I'm in Marvel I'm in now I'm in this let's do it let's bring it uh, so that that's wow I think that happened and then they're like and then yeah now they're like well she's awesome we're bringing everybody else back. Let's bring her back. And so it might be a flashback or now. We haven't never tell me the odds later on mm. coming up where we yeah. will have an idea for it. Uh, but is there any way that you want to see her back? Do you hope it's a flashback or do you hope that she somehow survived? Even though we see her, her corpse at the end of that episode? Well, even though we see what looks like a dead body, there's this feet that walk up and then that's the end. And then there's no closure on that. So perhaps... Yeah something can come of that so that that's your in that's how you bring her back and whatever i mean you still gotta figure out a a good excuse of how she's alive again why it's the but, why uh, yeah i mean i don't think that's how, but like that's how you bring her because i would argue the way that episode sets her up she's almost at like cad bane level mm-hmm. where she's just notorious like they don't even like they don't even talk about i don't think they really reference any of the things she does outside she's like the assassin you want yeah. i guess maybe more like or sing but you know what i mean like they set her up and then get rid of her immediately and i think it's still that episode's still good but like that character just seems throwaway even though there's like oh man this is like ooh. <laughs> yeah i think like but at the same time do you think it would have been a throwaway character if they would have cast uh jane doe to play her do you know what i mean like it almost feels yeah. like because it's her. But I agree. There's more to that character than meets the eye for sure. I hope we get yeah. more. Uh, it would be kind of sure. cool if maybe she shows up towards the end of this Clone Wars series. Ooh. Yeah. I I just I can't stress this enough. The more they connect all these things together, uh, the happier I'll be. Even though I did say earlier, like, <laughs> oh, that's not a good way to bring in new viewers. I think it's – I just – for us, like – Please do it. There's a difference. Please show there's a plan. <laughs> I think there's a difference though. It's when you tie things like when you have when you when you tie things in subtly that don't depend on your viewing or your reading of another yeah. medium. That's how you do it. Don't do something and be like, well, you have to read that or watch that to understand that. It's like what? Like I think the dark the dark saber. I think Dave Filoni is the master of doing this, and a dark saber is going to be the first thing we're going to get where we're going to understand if they understand how to do this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I, I watch it, I know what that dark saber is. Aaron has no idea. Her questions on yeah. it right now are zero. She thinks he has a yeah. cool looking lightsaber. Because technically, that ending is exactly like Maul, the Maul yeah. ending in Solo, where it's just like, like oh, by the way, here, and like, what was that? Credits. So like, what? But the thing is, you you got to think that we're going to learn about it. 
And we're going to learn about it in a way that's not going to retell the story that we already know. I mean, they'll retell what we know, but they're going to give some new information and and tell the story briefly and and quicker and and with probably less detail. And if you want the full detail, go watch The Clone Wars. But they're going to give just enough for the casual fans to be like, oh, that's so that's the leader of Mandalore has that like that's all you need to know about it. Um, Nobody knows that right now watching the show without previous knowledge. I actually, I, I have to word this properly because it's spoilers for Fallen Order. Um, I can mute. I can take my Fallen Order. Okay, you know darks the dark. Uh, Do you want to give? You want me to take my headset off and you give me a Night Sisters up? of Dathomir, right? Yeah. You know them, right? Mother yeah. Tenzin. Yeah. Anyways, in Fallen Order, there is one left over. She's the only one. She was a child when they were massacred. Blah blah blah. And then helps your main character. And that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. But that reminded me of like fantasy novels where it's like, here I'm the last like soldier, warrior, whatever, and I'm the last wizard or magician or sorceress. Like that is interesting, and that is something you can set the future movies on, where you're like. There was this race. Now they're gone, but then there's someone that's still alive and is trying to rebuild. Like we see it in Ray, we see it kind of in Luke, but we kind of see what like Ray could hypothetically do that with the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And the Mandalorian, if we're talking dark saber and how it unites the Mandalorians, perhaps he gets in the like in this series and rebuilds the Ma- Mandalorian thing, so that when Ryan Johnson, I'm not telling Ryan Johnson what to do. His movies could be 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years into the future of the galaxy. And now we have a new type of Jedi, a new type of, like I was saying, uh, Night Sister, like uh, a whole new, like, working community of Mandalorians. So, like, and then you're just like, make a story. Like, I think that would be interesting. It's been done. But you know what I mean? That, yeah, but everything's just, been done. It's how you spin on. it. It's how you spin it and put the new flavor on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's how it is. It's not so much like you're going to watch this and know what the next story is. You're not setting that up. You're setting up the new setting of the new era of Star Wars film. So. Which is fine. And I think they need to focus yeah. on that for sure. I mean, yeah. we just watched three movies, the sequel trilogy, which were just rehashes of movies we had already seen. Let's be honest. Like, We can love them all. And I love them all, but when you've watched, like, if you've seen the original trilogy, you've seen the sequel trilogy. Like, they pretty much mirror them. Yes. It's cyclical. It rhymes. Yeah. So it's not about what's new necessarily. And sometimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel. When you get your winter tires off, you're just putting your summer tires on. They work fine. Yeah, you're not putting triangles. I really, I wonder if, like, High Republic, this is a testing ground for, like, what can we do with at least the fans like the star wars fans not everyday viewers like if we introduce this whole new concept of what the galaxy was was like can we then translate it into a future storyline where like it's not it has nothing to do with it but like this is what you thought the galaxy was this is what it was like then and this is what it is like now so it's like perhaps I, I i really hope so because calling it this whole project luminous thing like there's there's got to be more to it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so. I feel like they came up with that title because it sounded cool. 
and they weren't ready to oh, announce sure. anything yet, and that was it. And Project Luminous, I mean, maybe it has something to do. With it. I hope, I hold out hope, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I do yeah. worry that they try too hard, and when, and the problem is for me, we'll get into odds in a second. But the problem for me is Solo did so poorly that, mm-hmm. and that was, it felt like that was the path Star Wars needed to go on, where they were connecting things finally, and then it bombs, and people are like, well. We're not going to connect things because everybody just wants X. And you're like, oh, man. And then, you know, last Je- Rise of Skywalker comes out and fan base went from split to a third. Like, it just keeps getting chopped up and, you know, fans are selfish is basically it. <laughs> it's true. We Get what you get. Like it. Like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. Just relax. Relax yourself. Yeah. Uh, odds? Yes. Never Let's tell me do. the odds. Never tell me the odds. Brought to us by our Patreons. Have you heard of our Patreon? It's patreon.com slash rebel scum podcast. Wait, and we have wait. Things. The single guy has only got a 6 out of 10 rating on IMDb. I'd go 7. <laughs> I know I watched most of that series. Uh, it was phenomenal. But it's like, it's not, you know, it came in the era of Seinfeld and Friends, but I wouldn't... It was it was better than Caroline in the City, and it lasted less. Okay, anyway, go on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mingna has a on our Patreon, we have things that if you give us your hard-earned cash to support us to build whatever this is that we call a podcast, you get it. You get the stuff. You get more of us talking, and you get to be on our show, and we love it, and we love you. And these are our Patreons. Brian Rias, never tell me the odds. Executive producer, Heidi Fetter, Barry Brophy's, Brophy's, Barry Brophy, <laughs> Dennis Allen, Mary K- Kristen Aton, Jeff Wilson, Aaron Quinton, Al Schuler, Phil Staniforth, Janet Rubio, Rachel Alford, Rule Farmboy, Sooner Thron, Austin Schur, Scott D., Andy Higgins, Josh Price, and Mason Hope. I'm going Matt W. Rez. <laughs> Frank Perkins, Neil Lowry, D. Raymond Spencer, Gleek Play One, Kayla Davis, Automated Joy, Charlotte Jericho, Kane, Four Leaf Clover, Girls with Savers, The Denner Nerds, and. That's not. Jonathan Silverman! Wasn't it like a was it a cartoon credit? No, that was Caroline the City. Oh, that's Caroline the City. Oh, uh, good old Ernest Ernest Borgnine, fantastic as the doorman, fantastic. Thank you, Patreons. Uh, I I read that uh, Babu Frick is that actress's uh, uh, impersonation of Ernest Borgnine and. Uh, Joe Pesci. <laughs> That's the voice of Babu Frick. <laughs> Babu Frick saved by Spielberg. That might be in the news. Sorry to run it. Forget what her name is. I have it in hollow news. I'll say that. She's uh Damn it, James. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. How do you have this uncanny ability to ruin hollow news? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, yes, so f- that's our Patreons. What yeah, are the odds Thank you so today? much, Patreon, for all your support. First odd, odds of Fennec Shan being a clone. Is that her looking down at her own body at the end of that episode, Brock? Yes, 102%. Ooh. Yeah. 
You have sold it to me. I was like, oh, clones, come on, James. But then, yeah, her looking down at it, because that would be kind of cool, because then she'd be like the best bounty hunter, because you could never destroy yeah. her or, or assassin. Oh, I, if that is the case, I'm going 100%. 100% all in. Uh, I'm going to go full Brock. Full Brock. I'm close to 40. I... I feel like it'll be a flashback and she'll be associated with like Bill Burr and that group of characters and that'll be that episode and be like this big like I hope they don't do any flashback ep- or uh, the clip shows. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the Mandalorian clip show? Him and Baby Yoda and the, <laughs> and the Razor Crest. Remember that time Baby Yoda when Fennec Shen shot at us? Oh yes. And then they just cut to it. And like That was crazy. And then Jason Bateman appears because it's the Hogan family all of a sudden and <laughs> I'm gonna go full Brock on that one. It would be cool though if that was her over her own body. And who would have saw that coming? Yeah, Rebel Scum Podcast saw that coming. Ugh, I hate when we're right about things. So do I. Actually, I kind of <laughs> like it's it's better when we're wrong because it also the year in review show. It's always funnier when we get stuff wrong. Yeah. Uh, odds of it live soaking live soaking. <laughs> The odds of a live-action Ahsoka being revealed on May 4th. Uh, yeah, 25%. Hmm. I don't know. I think it, yeah, it, it would be a good drop. But I think you're only appealing to, like, half of the Star Wars watching... Well, they could you know do like I mean? a Star Wars show on YouTube and just have her on there, and mm-hmm. like it wouldn't be the biggest thing, but yeah, for Star Wars fans, the big thing is the Mandalorian show no. and Clone Wars ending. Yeah, you're right. I'm going twenty three percent. Yeah, I'm going to go low. Just I don't know. I think we're almost there, but I, if it is confirmed, one hundred and ten percent. That that's what's gonna happen with Mandalorian at some point. Then yeah, I can believe it. Then that's when I'll. <laughs> that's when I'll believe. I'm going 23. percent It's just like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. I mean, hopefully. But I mean, I don't. Not hopefully. I shouldn't say that. Oh, yeah. This is the biggest typo I've ever made on one of these things ever. Odds of Mandalorians appearing in the High Republic. Will we see the Mandalorians in the High Republic series? I'm gonna go. A hundred percent. I think they're going all in on the Mandalorian stuff, quite frankly. But do you think the Mandalorian stuff will be isolated to Clone Wars and Mandalorian? Clone Wars. I think it's a good move. I I think in the next two to three years, Mandalorian is going to be like the hot Star Wars topic. Just because of the show, of course. But then like... It's going to be as I feel like it's going to be as synonymous as the term Jedi. So go mm-hmm. all in on it so that everyone is just thinking about Mandalorians, talking about Mandalorians, blah, blah, blah. Just put it in. Just put it in. Yeah, I'm going to go. I would argue that maybe they might replace the Stormtrooper. We're like, yeah. Well, the Boba Fett helmet apparently is going to be on sale, like the Black Series helmet the big wearable one <laughs> yeah. so yeah i'm with you mandalorian could be as popular yeah, yeah. i don't think it'll replace jedi but i think it'll be as 
synonymous as Jedi for sure. Like everyone will know. Oh no, I'm, I'm not talking about replaced. Yeah. I'm just saying it's going to be the buzzword of Star Wars in the next decade. I think it's close already to being that. And I think what John Favreau yeah. and them have done, how oh, they've, kind I, of, yeah. they've kind of made them Jedi in a way, how they are their own little sect and thrice and they have this rich history. Look. Hi. When my mother when my mother Margaret Todd starts using the term Mandalorian and when your father Pasquale starts <laughs> using the term Mandalorian uh then it <laughs> Oh, my parents <laughs> love the show. What I <laughs> my parents love the show. Pasquale Razile. <laughs> I like the Mandalorian. There's no kissing. <laughs> I guarantee you, if they don't kiss at the end of Rise of Skywalker, my dad gives it a higher rating. Guarantee you. Yeah. Also, if every single character would have died, if Palpatine would have just killed the ball and that's how it ended, he would have given it the best rating. The best Mm -hmm. of them all. Uh, Those are our Mm -hmm, odds mm -hmm, for today. mm -hmm. Um, Oh, no. Hold on. Ready? News. Da, 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 <laughs> hollow News. This is the hollow news you've been looking for. It's hollow <laughs> news. I added a verse so that you could get it out of your phone. You're welcome. <laughs> it's hollow news. The news you need to know right now. Now, uh, we're all sitting inside, and as I've been talking the last few weeks, I finished Fallen Order, so why don't you play Fallen Order? Go, guess what? It's on sale for pretty much 60% off of the original uh, 58%. market price. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if you uh, are in the mood to play some Star Wars, and I highly suggest this game, it's I only have U.S. dollar prices here, but now on PC, it is available for $29. The Xbox Deluxe Edition is for $34, and PS4 is at $40, and it's just a regular one. Whatever. The game is there. It's very affordable. Go get it if you need something to do. I can't suggest it enough. Uh, uh, and we kind of spoiled this earlier. Sorry. James kind of spoiled this earlier. Uh, Neil Scanlon, of all people well, not all people he just seems to be the guy that they're all talking to and he's just revealing things uh he was in an interview and revealed that uh apparently babu frick was not so supposed to survive uh uh Kijimi, the explosion of kajimi uh he said that it could be a rumor but i believe jj screened the movie for steven spielberg and at the end spielberg said what happened to babu everyone thought oh god what did happen to babu um that so apparently they were able to drop him into the scene where um zori bliss is i'm alive and then he pops up like hey <laughs> uh shirley henderson that was the actress i'm trying to remember who if you don't know who she is she is moaning myrtle in the harry potter films so that's right babu frick and moaning myrtle are the same person <laughs> Uh, she was even surprised when he popped up at the end of Rise of Skywalker. So it's this could be very legit that he was not supposed to survive, but uh, arguably one of the best parts of Rise of Skywalker. And in our final news, <laughs> we're all sitting at home not spending money. Well, guess what? Somebody spent some money. Uh, there was a there was an online auction sale for a retired couple's thirty year 
your collection of Star Wars toys and memorabilia, and it sold for double what it was expected. Uh, they had amassed a, a married couple from Serbaton, which I believe is in the UK. I apologize if it's not. <laughs> amassed 250 items from, from the Star Wars product line since the 1980s, almost half of which were the coveted Palatoy figures, which crucially were still in their original they were originally uh, in their original cardboard packaging. Uh, I never knew that 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 palatoy that, that, that's what it was called. So I was like, oh, cool. Uh, among the hall was three point seventy five inch tall plastic figures of Anakin Skywalker and Chewbacca. Now that's Anakin, Return of the Jedi Anakin, not Hayden Christensen. Anakin that you see at the end of the movie that is then later replaced by Hayden Christensen, an action figure of that actor. Uh, and there was also a unique pieces of merchandise, including a pair of Empire Strikes Back roller skates and themed bubble gum. Uh, it it was an international. It sparked an international bidding war. Was held at, by C and T Auctions of Ashford, Kent. In in Kent, the Marquis Law was a rare Anakin Skywalker figure that went for four thousand eight hundred pounds. A Chewbacca that went for three thousand nine hundred sixty pounds. While a power droid figure achieved $2,340, which I believe was an R2. There's a picture over the R2, you know, with the the paper paper uh, outside or whatever it was. Uh, and the most unusual items in the sale was a pack of Star Wars bubblegum the p- couple bought in America that originally were they paid 20 cents for and were sold for a staggering 20 or sorry, staggering 200 pounds. A pair of Darth Vader roller skates sold for 60, 60 pounds, the same price as a pair of toy Ewoks. And the auction achieved a, a hammer price of 70,000 pounds with extra fees taking the overall figures raised to 84,000 pounds, which was shock, shocking thousand pounds. So they almost tripled what they were promised. That's fantastic. Who says the coronavirus is keeping us down? People are spending money on memorabilia to forget that they have to stay inside. What a wonderful time to be alive. This has been your Hollow News. Top five. Top five. Today's top five. top five today? This is uh, one that I thought you would enjoy. It's top five Funko Pops we would like to see made. They have not been made yet, but we would like to see them made. We kind of talked about a pod racing one on a live stream this week. uh, So that's what kind of got uh, this started. My number five, Maul with spider legs. You want people to understand? Just (laughs) throw up Maul with like a big Maul with like big spider legs. That's what I want. Maul with spider legs. (laughs) <laughs> my number five is going to be the one we were talking about anakin and a pod racer yes. like that's i'm surprised they, i mean i guess it's a little tricky because it's a weird thing to make into a small plastic toy but they've done it before they'll do it again so yeah i would love that anakin and a pod racer. yeah absolutely my number four armor versus stormtroopers set just like a set of and like broken stormtrooper helmets i want that one <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with the three-pack. It will be Chewbacca's family from the holiday special. Heidi's on board with it's this a three one. three-pack, which is perfect, lumpy, itchy, and not mala. 
They already have tons of Chewbacca's. Perfect. <laughs> I like it. They do have a lot of Chewbacca's. Uh, number three, Dexter Jetster. Ooh, Dexter. yeah. How have they not made that he yet? Look great. He would look amazing. He could also be one of those big ones, too. Comic-Con exclusive. Comic-Con will be canceled soon. I think that yeah. information is imminent. So put that at EB Games now. My number three. Hashtag make, bring back Teak. Let's put Teak from <laughs> Battle of Endor in it. I was like, which one is he in? <laughs> I'd like anybody from the Droids and Ewok cartoons to be made into Funkos. Uh, my number two, fitting, because his name is Two Tubes. I'm a huge advocate of Edrio Two Tubes, and I hope he gets made into a Funko slash Black Series. There is not enough Edrio Two Tubes for us to indulge upon. I always forget his name, but my number two is going to be Blue Leader from Rogue One. Nice, that mustache should be flocked. What's that guy's name? Uh, whatever. <laughs> He's got a name. Andrew knows him. <laughs> Blue Leader, my number one. I think this goes without saying. I think most people will expect this. Ben Guadagneros. Don't ask me how that thing would stay upright. I don't know. It would probably have to be glued to the stand. Otherwise, it's because it's all top heavy. You just couldn't. Just you couldn't do it. Uh, maybe maybe Ben Quadrinero in a pod, and his broken pod racer would be the best. But my number one is Ben Quadrinero. Brock, take me home tonight. If this is I know this is strange for me to say as I stare at like a hundred Funkos on my far wall over there. Um, it's hard to remember which ones they have made. <laughs> it's true. They've made a lot. I think I am going to go. Oh, okay. I think they should do all of the Rebels ones. I have the, Do they have Rebel Funko? Yep. I think they do. They do. Do they have a Zeb? Yep. Oh, shit. <laughs> See, this is my problem. I don't collect a lot of Star Wars ones because it's just impossible. <laughs> so it's, I forget what they've made. Um, Do they have parents. an Admiral Radis? Oh, I don't think so. I'm going to say no to Radis. Okay, then I'll go Admiral Radis. Admiral Radis. Aliens are the best pops and. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let us know what your uh, top five Funkos, Funkos are in the live chat or in the comments down below. Once again, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and also right here on the YouTube, if that's where you're joining us from on YouTube. This is going to wrap up the 165th episode of the Rebel Scum Podcast. His name is... Rock. And my name is James. And I'm, I was pretty good for the whole time, but he was always, thanks for watching and listening, everybody. He was always scum. Rebel scum. Hey, scumbags. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.